The Spectator combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, and get a £20 Amazon gift voucher absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk slash summer. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, The Spectator's daily politics podcast. Well, the Conservatives have lost both by-elections overnight in Mid-Bedfordshire and Tamworth. Uh, Katie Balls, you were up all night. James Hill, you have been up uh, from the small hours as well. Uh, Let's get your reaction. Katie first. I think it's hard to say it was anything other than a very bad night for Rishi Sunak and his party. Um, I think there was always a sense they could lose both, but I don't think it's where expectations have been over the past couple of weeks. And you kept hearing, oh, in mid-Bedfordshire, perhaps the Tories can go through the middle. Instead, what's happened was Labour came triumphant in both Tamworth and mid-Bedfordshire, overturning in Tamworth a majority of 19,634. Um, I think with that one, the last time Tamworth uh, was Labour was 2010. And therefore, it is... There's two ways of looking at it. one of which is one of the safest Tory seats in the country, at least how it's now seen. So therefore, it's very damaging. The other is that uh, when Labour had been in power, Tamworth has been Labour in terms of recent times. And when the Tories have been, uh, Tamworth has been Tory. And therefore, you can also see it as a bellwether seat. I don't think either is particularly encouraging for the Tories. Um, but what I mean is, I think it not only is a huge majority they've overturned, it does add to that sense that, you know, you're heading to a large Labour majority if you were to replicate today's results um, in the sense of that the last time that seat was there was really, you know, building up to the 97 election and when it turned from Tory to Labour. Then you look at Mid-Bedfordshire, obviously Nadine Doris's former seat, and that's where the freeway fight was. And, I mean, it was fairly close if you look at the figures. So it was a majority of 24,664, which I think makes it the worst by-election defeat of from Labour to the Tories um, in history. Labour won 13,872 votes, the Tories 12,680 and the Lib Dems just under 10,000 at 9,420. Now the Liberal Democrats trying to claim there that they allowed and helped Labour so despite all the ferocious briefing and dirty tricks claims over the past week they're saying there was a progressive alliance type uh, effect there in the sense they were getting some would-be Tory voters to vote Lib Dem and that paved the way for Labour. Um, But this is clearly Labour's night when you're looking at who the winner is. I think there's some hope for the Lib Dems thinking about blue wall seats, but really there is just this sense and having been on a panel overnight where, you know, various Labour politicians came on, some Tory, I think it's just adding to the sense that the Labour Party is heading to a victory or an election tomorrow, but not just a narrow victory. I think, you know, listening to what John Curtis was saying and so forth, it's it's the vote swings I think are going to really worry Tory MPs because if you look at it on paper I mean the Tory candidate in both those seats is only behind by around a thousand votes so you would hope uh, if you were a Tory MP at the next election you can win them back but these are some of the safest Tory seats in the country so what does it say about all the other seats and the swing in Tamworth from the Conservatives to Labour is 23.9% in Med 
in mid Bedfordshire, it was 20.5%. Um, John Curtis saying that the last time the UK has seen such, such swings in by-elections was then 1992 to 1997 Parliament, and clearly what followed there was a Labour landslide. Now, James, Tory Chair Greg Hands has been out and about this morning with a, a groaning sack of excuses, some of which seem to contradict each other, including Conservative voters not coming out, a lack of enthusiasm for Labour, which doesn't make much sense given they've won the seats, uh, and legacy issues in those seats. Uh, what's your reading of, of what the actual cause of this is? And as Katie says, it, it does look serious for Conservative MPs. So what's the response for, from MPs who, who aren't Greg Hands? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't think there is any real way to spin this. It's been a very bad night for the Conservatives. I think it's an interesting contrast, the Tamworth and Mid-Bed seats. Yes, they were both safe Tory seats. But I think if you look at Mid-Bedfordshire, you had two opposition parties splitting the vote. You had a decent candidate and someone who was an elected police and crime commissioner. You had, talking to Tories, there was a lot of resources put into that campaign. And they still fell short. Um, contrast that with the Tamworth um, selection disaster, where at one point it was Eddie Hughes and then then it was a local candidate selected the last minute after a by-election had been called. Um, when this by-election had clearly been coming for over a year. I mean, there is real questions to be asked to the CCHQ operation, I'd say, as a result of all this. I think there's lots of, going back to sort of Katie's point, I think we discussed on yesterday's podcast talking about voter sophistication and from Greg Hand and CCHQ's perspective, the real danger of last night was that voters are much more sophisticated and better now at being able to vote for any party other than the Tories. I think one of the narratives that'll come out of last night was the Tamworth election where the reform candidate got more than 5%. The reform and the Tories would have added up and beaten uh, Labour there. So I think that will be a narrative that's going to be explored in the coming uh, months. But I think that the key point is that the 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 vote is splitting, the Tory vote is splitting into anti-Tory parties. So that's reform or Labour, uh, Lib Dems in mid-beds. And that's really worrying for the Conservatives. And I think that, you know, without sounding too much like the History Channel, um, as John Curtis was saying, the 92 to 97 Parliament is instructive in all this, not least because in 1996, uh, there was a similar seat to Tamworth. It was South East Staffordshire, which Labour won big as a precursor to winning a big majority the following year. So I think that the CCHU are going to have a very difficult um, you know, next few days trying to kind of perform an early post-mortem on all of it. But really, as Katie says, the big lesson is it's a very, very bad night for the Conservatives. Uh, love the idea that, that we could sound like the History Channel. We're, we're so much more than the History Channel on coffee house shots. Katie, there have been grumblings for quite a while about the CCHQ operation. There's obviously been some disquiet that, that Greg Hands is is a, is a home counties, well, a central London Tory, uh, and actually his um, his deputy chair Lee Anderson has uh, has got his own presentational issues. But there've also been complaints. We've all heard them from Conservative MPs that the CCHQ operation is hollowed out, that it seems quite depressed, that it seems quite disorganised and an amateur. Is it fair, though, to blame the campaign operation when they're essentially trying to sell, trying to sell something that voters don't seem that taken by? I think with a result like this, there, there tends to be enough blame to go around. Um, everyone can be blamed a little bit. And therefore, where I think there is a feeling of uh, annoyance at CCHQ and Greg Hans is just... MPs who have been marched up to these seats to campaign in recent weeks. For example, several have said to me, we keep going up there and then we're told to leaflet, not doorknock. 
And they're saying, well, they're saying we shouldn't stop and have these conversations, get more leaflets out. And they're questioning if that's really the the purpose of you going to these places. And I think that if you go back to the by-elections when the Tories managed to just just hold on to Uxbridge, I think that very quickly... Uh, I think had that result been a little bit different, there would have been a lot more anger at CCHQ because ahead of that, uh, and people are saying the reaction in Uxbridge is much better um, than the reaction they were getting in Selby, but yet the MPs felt they were being told to go to Selby rather than Uxbridge and so forth. So I think there's always things ways about how you finesse a campaign. And I think in this case, actually, because the... Tories were behind, not by too much, about a thousand votes in each seat. It probably is going to get a bit more focused and be a, a bit more prescient. Had the Tories narrowly hung on to either of these seats, it really would not be everything is okay for the Tory party. But clearly, just in terms of how it looks and the immediate reaction, how your MPs react, it's a lot less bad than two double losses. So I think we will see more there. And I think just, in, I suppose, when we're looking at the blame game, we have to see what Tory MPs are saying. So I think. The responses I've been getting so far in terms of how they receive results is pretty mixed. So you have, you know, one said to me, you know, it's really hard to win by-elections when the MP has behaved badly. So I think within the Tory party, there's a lot of anger at Nadine Doris still. Um, the fact that she obviously not only quit over a peerage row, but also drew out this by-election, which by the way, gave Labour and the Lib Dems a lot of time to do this campaigning without spending limits um, because the by-election wasn't officially called. And I think you are going to hear more of these MPs saying, well, this is an awful result for us, but you know, did did she make it so that it was near impossible, really, to, to get our vote out? I've got others saying, you know, not much has changed. We already knew we were losing by-elections. But those tend to be those who are more loyal to Rishi Sunak. And I think for those who are perhaps less signed up members of the Rishi Sunak fan club, it's just confirming, I think, the sense of dread um, that they don't think there is, you know, uh, as, as you allude to, Isabel, a, a great, you know, reason to go out there and vote Tory and you can say oh it's low turnout we didn't get our base out well what between now and the next election is going to get the base out I think that is what is worrying MPs not in the sense I think we're about to see any imminent moves against Rishi Sunak I just think that it's I think there's probably gonna be a bit more of a sense of decay after these by-election results than perhaps some have priced in. And just finally, James, Rishi Sunak tends to stay as far away as possible from uh, bad news in his party. He he just so happens to be in Saudi Arabia at the moment, which is, is pretty far away. But will he try to do anything when he gets back to alleviate Conservatives' concerns? Well, the most obvious thing is going to be the King's speech, which is coming up uh, in just a fortnight's time. So we've got a week left of Parliament now, then a week off and then a week back. Uh, we'll have that new legislative agenda unveiled the last real uh, set piece chance along with the two financial statements uh, the autumn statement and the budget uh, before that election we think um so that will be his chance really to try and uh, you know set forth his agenda prove that the conservatives after 13 years have got more ideas more policies etc uh, while of course walking that very difficult tightrope which is that hang on a sec if we've got all these issues to fix why haven't you done so in the previous decade also so i think that that's going to be his his real chance and for him, perhaps, given the events in Gaza, um, there may well be further developments with Mooch, with which move the news agenda on 
to uh, to his advantage and, and don't dwell on this so much. But I do think um, there will be a, ch- a chance in the coming weeks, given, as I say, on the 7th of November, we've got the King's speech. And then I think on the 17th of November, we've got the uh, autumn statement, uh, whereby he has the tools of government to try and uh, reshape, reshape the narrative and give, as Katie says, those those Tories who are staying at home and not turning out to vote a reason to go and vote and energise them next year, create a live issue in the election, because that's what really did vote the Tories in 97 to an extent, was those Tories, Conservatives who voted for them in 92, staying at home in 97. And that's what really Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt need to do is get those Tories to turn out and vote at next year's election. Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening.